This is Back to Debbie, a show brought to you by Campus to Kin. This podcast specializes in collegiate football players and their potential for future fantasy success in the NFL. I'm your host, Mike V. This is my co-host, Corey P. And today, we are talking about my least favorite subject, and that's the NFL Combine. <laughs> we'll get into that later, but first, Corey with the news. And heading over to the college side here first and looking at the new playoff format, uh, they tweaked a, tweaked something here where um, they approved that now they're going to go with a five by seven format, which means five of the highest ranked conference championships uh, champions are going to be uh, the top five seeds. And then it's going to be ranked. So that pretty much you're guaranteeing now because before we had five power five conferences. Now we're really only having power four with the loss of the pac 12. This is pretty much setting up that we're, going to get one G5 team or G6 team, I guess, that's going to get a playoff spot. But only the top four guys are going to get bye weeks. So you're essentially probably looking at the power four. No no conference is guaranteed a spot, but I mean, obviously, we're probably going to see the highest-ranked guys be the power teams. Um, so that's going to be a new change going forward that we can get a look at. And it's going to be a fun to, to see the playoffs. So are you excited about the new playoff format, Mike? I kind of am. I do want to see the like overall like college football schedule get mixed up. Like the portal is going to be open during the playoffs. Like they probably move that back. National sign day is probably got to be moved. That stuff needs to move for sure. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's All, in a bad spot. Yeah. And then also like Notre Dame, which is independent. Like they have no chance of being the top five team because they won't be in conference yeah. championships. So that's like they could be they could be like the number one team in the league and not. Be, like be one of the first five teams so. yeah i think that's more like a personal issue for them but like yeah. it's still just interesting to, to think about just but, join yeah. the big 10 already like let's go <laughs> or, or something just choose something um anyways uh moving on to uh one little tidbit here for the draft anybody who's hoping for Jaden delora to be a quarterback uh at the pro ranks he's gonna be trying his luck at the nfl draft now he was supposed to go to like texas state or something like that but honestly i don't think that we're we're super excited about him over here probably a guy i might see playing for like the hamilton tiger cats over here in canada so maybe one day he's going to be playing over here um heading to some spring news so we're, we're starting to get kicked off with some spring practices um some teams we're, we're not really huge on right now but hawaii liberty air force and uh, app state have theirs going on right now georgia state did have theirs going on but with all their coaching problems they've, they've, they've put the hiatus on theirs i'm sure they'll continue it at some point but we do have missouri starting this week auburn smu clemson boston college those teams are all starting within the next coming week so we will start getting some more information trickling out and i did kind of go around looking at uh, where we could find some weight changes. There's not that much yet, but at least some guys uh, uh, that, that caught my eye. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, of course, Raheem Sanders over at South Carolina. He was up at 240 last year. He's all the way back down to 225. We love seeing that. Hopefully that returns some of that 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 burst and explosion that we saw. He looked really lethargic last year, so hopefully that's going to help for him. Uh, Nicholas Singleton up two pounds to 226. Uh, Katron Allen, Penn State, is his running back uh, teammate there. He's up four pounds to 225. I, I like that he's adding more weight because I think more weight kind of suits his playing style a little bit. I think he's more of like a one-cut downhill runner. I think that's kind of like his projection to the next level. So I don't think he really wows athletically. So I think that's the bright path for him. Um, and then just another tidbit there, Quentin Martin, the freshman coming in that we're kind of excited about over here, he checked in at 6'1", 194. Pretty good size for him, I think. But, I mean, that is that is a wide receiver size too. Like, I, I don't think, you know, if, if things don't work out for him at running back or he's looking to get on the field or something like that, I don't think it's out of the question that he could potentially see an avenue to, to playing wide receiver as well. But right now, still thinking about him as a running back. And then two interesting ones over at Notre Dame. Jane Greathouse at 213 last year, down to 209 starting this year. And then Jordan Faison, a guy that uh, broke out a little bit at the end of last year for them, a true freshman, 175 pounds entering last year. He's up to 181. So he's putting on the kind of weight Ooh. that we want to see. That's my boy, Jordan Faison. Yeah. So he, I know he's, he's creeping up on, on some guys' radars now. I know you picked him up pretty early and he, he's pretty interesting. He could be a guy that kind of breaks out a little bit over there and should be a guy that maybe more people are, are paying attention to. It's a little too early for Jags, but he could be like a special team in the next level and stuff like that. Like, but it's it's he could just be a regular, nice, productive collegiate slot. Yeah, I do. I do like Jane Greathouse continuing to kind of slim up a little bit. Like, I'm hoping that's going to add some more explosion, some more, uh, some more, yeah, functional ability. It's It's a movement ability towards him, so he could be more of like that that Keenan Allen trajectory that we're kind of hoping with him. Uh, You know, maybe operating out of the slot or whatever he's going to do this year. But, uh, but anyways, guys, be sure to head over to the website at campuscan.com where you can become a member with one of our many subscription options. Some of which include access to our draft guides. Uh, Speaking of which, that supplemental freshman guide just around the corner. It's going to be coming out at the 
beginning of March. Pre-orders have already opened up for that one, so you can order that one, have it in your email right the minute you wake up when it gets released. Um, you're also going to get our one-of-a-kind CFF projections during the season, our advanced metric tools that everybody loves to use, and you're going to get our C2C winning edge. It's going to keep you updated on all the school depth charts throughout the offseason, all the returning production, all uh, through the upcoming offseason as well, uh, the transfer portal movement. It's probably one of the best cheat sheets for your upcoming drafts this offseason, so make sure you guys are checking out our family of podcasts and the YouTube channel to help guide you guys through the offseason. We were doing a combine episode today, but I actually want to ask Corey. We, you can go back on your word behind closed doors, but did you did you want to do like a like a like a home field apparel shirt bet here for like our our betting here that we did last year for the combine? Yeah, and I, we broke even last year because you yeah. were right on NFL draft, I was right on combine. So I guess we'll do that again if we can get one winner this year out of the two events. Then someone's got to buy a home field shirt for the other person. Yeah, I like it. But speaking yeah. of home field apparel, I will be cap well, no, Corey. Corey will be capitalizing on that 15% <laughs> off with the promo code campus, the number two kin for a free home field apparel shirt. I don't want it. Don't get me some like UMass shirt who just went to the Mac. Don't get, get <laughs> Toledo. Toledo. Yeah. <laughs> but 15% off your first purchase with the promo code campus, the number two Canton. And that is one, five percent off Corey. hope you're ready to buy me a shirt. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm kind of fitting a large these now these days, you know, I'm kind of got that dad bod going on. So I'm just letting you know for when you order my shirt that I'm going to need a large now. <laughs> um, we're doing our player profile start off here. We're doing two quarterbacks, a little bit more. Well, one's a little polarizing. One's not. Well, one's actually kind of becoming polarizing. Anyway, both let's get kind into of polarizing. It. Yeah, they're definitely. Yeah. Polarizing. We're going to start off with JJ McCarthy from Michigan. Uh, he passed. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. He had. He had 240 completions for 333 attempts for 2,991 yards. That's 22 touchdowns and four interceptions. That is across 15 games. If you're good at math, that averages out to less than 150 passing yards. <laughs> so that's a problem. Hater. Um, he's six foot three, 200. That's what he's listed at. We'll find out the truth here this week. I can't. I actually can't wait. I love the. That's my one favorite part about the combine is finding out who's lying about their height and weight. But anyway, JJ McCarthy. Corey's a little bit more of a fan than me, so I guess I'll maybe start off with the negatives here first. I, mm-hmm. I think he does struggle making going through his progressions. He makes some some bad decisions once in a while. I knew he threw like one of the worst picks I've seen. I feel like this college in the championship game, and then it got called back for a flag anyway, so it didn't matter. But it was like the first passing attempt he had, and it was just god awful. So uh, good good for them for calling that back, but. Stuff like that is still prevalent in his tape. I do think he's a phenomenal athlete. Like he he can he can scoot. He's got some wheels. Um, but as far as like his mental processing, I don't think it's really quite there. But I do love his throwing motion. Do love his arm. He's got a great arm. He's he. I think he could do a little bit better with ball placement, but his accuracy is still very good. Yeah, I don't disagree with some of the things you're saying. And I you know even going back to the production profile, I know everybody kind of really knocks him for that. I do think that there are times that. Um, it is a little bit overblown. Like there's aspects to me, at least that I think that, yeah, that Michigan just operate differently. You know, they get a lead, they ride the clock, they play good defense, they run the ball, you know, maybe they're asking McCarthy to bail them out on third down if they have to, but like, he didn't even play in uh, seven fourth quarters this year. And, you know, even looking at like Jane Daniels, that we're going to talk about, like how many, how much touchdowns did he rack up against like Georgia state last year, like an eight touchdown game or something like that. Like, you know, like Michigan's not doing that. Michigan's like pulling back. They're just going to run the ball. Like just, just chill out, you know? And when I look at him as like a player, like you said, I think he has the tools that's going to intrigue NFL teams, like really quick throwing motion, uh, like quick, uh, quick release, pretty sound, like overall from, from a mechanic standpoint, has that arm hit all three levels. Like he has this throw in his freshman season that like lives rent free in my head against Western Michigan, where he like, rolls out to the right and like throws opposite hash throw, like bomb down the field, like you know, 21 plus mile per hour athlete as well. So he's got like sneaky speed on the ground. You know, we saw it utilized a little bit less this year, like especially on design stuff. But I do think, you know, like that was by design and McCarthy wanted to prove a little bit that he could win from one of the pocket. And that's, that, that's, that's also one of the knocks on him, at least for me, like previously that he always wanted to escape the pocket a little bit too quickly, play a little bit of backyard ball, like get outside, wants to see the guy get open. You know, um, I think, I think we saw some progression in that area this year where he had much better poise in the pocket. Um, I still don't think it's perfect. I think there's a few kinks his game like you were talking about working through progressions at time needing to throw it away he can force the ball at times when he really doesn't need to um and he can be a little bit loose with the ball as a rusher as well i mean uh, not a crazy amount of fumbles like like caleb williams-esque but, but he still had three fumbles this last year six of the previous year four the year before that um I, I do think sometimes this system like 
hindered him from being able to work through some of those issues, you know, with all the limited volume he had. That's why I made the comparison to Russell Wilson with the Seahawks, where like early in his career, it's probably ideal that, that JJ McCarthy might walk into a situation where uh, there's a good running game. There's a decent defense. Like he's not going to be relied on to throw 30 times a game. Like Russell Wilson early in his career, just be efficient with your opportunities. Uh, use your legs, continue to refine your game on the job. You know, I think he has good tools to work with. I see arm talent there, a little bit slender. Again, that's another thing that I want to see coming to this combo. What exactly he's going to weigh, uh, weigh coming in here. I don't think it's out of the question that he should sit for like one or two years either. If he can get behind somebody, like go to a Minnesota and sit beside behind Kirk Cousins if they bring him back and let him just, just mature and maybe even put on a little bit of weight behind the scenes. But, you know, he has been my quarterback four through most of the process. Uh, I think the community is starting to come around a little bit. It's also scaring me a little bit at the R because like it's giving me like Will Levis vibes, like more situation-wise, not player wise just situation wise like that riser through the cycle it doesn't necessarily deserve it i've always thought of him as like a late first like early second type of guy and maybe it's just people like finally breaking down the tape and moving past the box score seeing some of those things that i've kind of seen as well but he's not a perfect prospect i don't think he's a perfect prospect. there's work to be done there but i just think there that he will intrigue nfl teams with some of the things that he brings to the table yeah i i think he's narratively very similar to will levis got all the tools needs some more refinement in his game yeah, and I think I, I, yeah, he's got some better markers than Will Levis, though. Like, obviously, he's playing at a younger age. Will Levis took like five years. He's, I think, probably a much better at. Well, actually, much better, but he's a better athlete than Will Levis, and I think his throwing motion is also better as well. Yeah, like Levis is really just like because he has that arm, it gets him out of trouble like crazy. I don't think McCarthy has that type of arm. He has a good arm, but I don't yeah. think he has that type of arm. You know, he's just so he, he's got a whole base of uh, foundation of tools that you kind of like. Whereas Will Levis had that one elite trait that's like gonna gonna project to the next level i never agree that projects are early first round picks i think the early first yeah. about like the, like the t- first 10 picks you know ish maybe 10 top, top 12 like those guys are like your instant impact like they're getting playing time right away no matter what um so me and Corey agree on that one there and i have come around i i'm one of the people Corey's talking about that's coming around to jj mccarthy <laughs> i think he's a better worthwhile product than will levis and I'm like looking at the back of the like first round picks, like teams that have like aging veterans. Cause you brought like Kirk Cousins, but like where, where are the Vikings at? Like, they're, like, they're at 12, which, which just the recent way that everybody's talking. Like it's starting to, it's starting to strike me as a possibility that they might pull the trigger there if that's where he ends up falling to. But I mean, people are talking like top eight now, top crazy. But yeah, uh, to your credit, like I, I do think he's more towards the back half. I'm not sure exactly what the order is towards the back half though. Yeah. So here's like, Counting down from 32, you got the Chiefs, you got Mahomes, San Francisco's got Brock Purdy, the Ravens got Lamar, the Lions got Jared Goff, Buffalo's got Josh Allen, Texas just got CJ Stroud, and then here at 26, right, Tampa Bay Bucks. Oh, Rams don't have a pick this in the first, do they? Yeah, the Bucks could like re sign Baker to a short term deal, and I think yeah, maybe they could pick up JJ, let him sit for a year or two. Um, yeah. That would probably be like the only out of those teams at like the back. Like I think that's really about it for me. That I think might take them. And then it goes to like Green Bay, who seems to be working out there with um, Jordan Love. Definitely overperformed Cowboys, and they got the Cleveland Browns at twenty three. Like maybe the Browns, um, but I think that's it though. So I, I I do agree. I think JJ is a project. Got to sit for a year. I really want to see him sit for a year. I don't want to see him hit the field yeah. right away. Um, but yeah. So anyway, we're just talking about the same thing over again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's head on to the next guy. Let's talk about Jaden Daniels over here. LSU. Uh, the Heisman, Heisman winner this year, right? Am I like just making yep, that up my head? Yep. Yeah, sorry. Um, six foot four, 210. That's what he's listed at, at least. Went nuclear this year. 3,811 uh, passing yards, 40 touchdowns to four interceptions. Um, he just really went nuclear. He's had a nice freshman break out of Arizona State 2019 and then was just kind of just mediocre the rest of the years just never really showed much growth even going to lsu his first year i I remember last year kept commenting about the game plan was all like short area passes like not taking a lot of deep shots and it seemed like you know they'd have three guys lined up one side they all do like five yard outs you know like just making it real easy make them just read right down the road like it's very Mm -hmm. much on training wheels and this year was just the opposite it took me i think it took me probably a while i don't know about rest community but it took me a while to come across the idea like all right i'll admit it Jaden Daniels is definitely a first round pick um his throwing motion and his met and his like his mechanics, I don't think are like that special. I think he's very league average as far as like the arm motion. I do think he has a cannon. I think he takes too many big hits. I do think he wants to be like a hero a little bit too often with his legs. But boy, does he have some legs though. He he can scoot as well. 
yeah do you think it's like like some people want to try to ask about like the Mar Jackson comparison. Like I don't think that it's that level of of mobility. Like are no, you up not, there for him? No, he's not like shifty like that. Yeah, he's he not just yeah. the top speed, like really fast, long strider. Yeah, and we were gonna talk about him for like this forty competition that we're gonna get into later. But like he he's decided that he's not gonna do anything at the combine. But if you were to put a number on it, like what do you think? Like high four fours, low four fives for him? No, I think that's accurate. Yeah, I would think yeah, between like in that range of four four five and five four point five. Yeah, and then even looking at, like, that first year at LSU that you mentioned there, like, it's not even that he took, like, any huge steps forward, but, like, he did become – the only difference, I would say, from those those days at Arizona State where he just didn't progress at all, he became a safe quarterback who didn't, yes. like – he didn't yes. push the ball down the field, but, uh, like, like career-low average in depth of target, like, during that year as well. But um, you saw much smarter decision-making, like, a cleaner process, like 0.6% turnover worthy plays that season. Um, that, like – I think parts of that season were like, maybe there's signs that development is coming for him. Like something is happening here at LSU. Maybe they're working on it. Maybe just, he needed a new location to kind of refine his abilities. Cause now, like you said, fifth year um, puts it all together here. The rushing, the passing ability, the arm strength, decision-making like a thousand more yards, doubled his touchdowns from a year before, like highest big time throw rate in this draft class, ran over the thousand yards, second highest depth of target uh, in his career at 10.5. It's the kind of season you can't like, you can't ignore like it reminded me of another LSU season like and this isn't a a direct comparison but more of a situational one with Joe Burrow where he had like the magical season at LSU and everyone doubted it for the first half of the year even me I was like I don't know if I believe this yet like this guy coming from LSU hasn't really played at all no one's even talking about all of a sudden like halfway through the season it's like uh, it's too hard to ignore like he does have some tendency to tuck and run pretty quickly still um he's not a guy that that works back to his check down very often takes some monster hits as a rusher dude like really needs to learn how to protect himself better he's not going to make it very far he's gonna be like anthony richardson this year who took like way too many hits and ended up injured especially with a slender frame like i know he's up to 210 but that was always something that we were worried about throughout his draft profile. like i don't know if he's actually up to 210 like he could be more like 205 203 like when you look at him you see he's fairly skinny man but i just think still i still have him at quarterback three in this class with his rushing upside like i i really wouldn't be surprised if somewhere down the line, he even spends time as the highest ranked quarterback in this class during his career, like similar to the way we do question uh, like Lamar's skills as a passer sometimes, even to this day, but has still spent time, even as like the quarterback one overall in dynasty at one time or another, like Justin Fields last year, even entering uh, the year was like a top 10 quarterback, top eight quarterback. Like I think Jane kind of falls into a similar bucket where like his rushing ability gives him a pretty nice floor at the next level. And I think that he'll experience highs in his career, but I still think there there's issues there that he's going to have to work through. I know we joke about like Michigan hiding JJ McCarthy during like the tough schedule. I, we just yeah. talked about it. they didn't really need him to, but it was just like if they also had like Drake May or Caleb Williams, they probably would have let him throw a lot more and they let JJ throw. Yeah, I I noticed watching some tape and I went back to the stat sheet just to double check this. He only threw over twenty completions twice in his last seven weeks Jaden did yeah yeah so they kind of put him on a leash too compared to the first half of the season during the non-con games yeah he was rushing a ton too like he was killing me in the playoffs i remember last year during yeah yeah (laughs) i I don't i don't know if i think he's like super refined as a processor i feel like it's a one-two read guy and then he's going no matter what yeah, I think I do think it took steps forward, but I agree. There, there's still a tendency there to tuck and run pretty quickly. I don't think I like there's parts that I don't think you're even going to work out of him because I feel like that's just who he is. So my like NFL draft analysis on him is that I don't think he's worthy of like a top five pick. I think he's more later than that because of the landscape that the mm-hmm. NFL is like, it's hard to say that he won't be number three or four off the board. That's why I've been kind of like toying with the idea. Like what are the Patriots? just go and grab Marvin at three and let him fall to four. Cause they're just like, well, he's not the third best. Like, I, I don't know. I, I've been toying with that idea. I think Jaden's like the constellation, like QB three, no matter what, you know, and the team will be happy to get him. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know if like the talent's like super, super there. That, that was kind of what we were saying about Anthony Richardson though. At the same time, it's just like, you know, he's going to be the constellation quarterback three and he ends up being like the quarterback two. Like, I mean, I don't know. I, people get enamored with that rushing ability nowadays. Like I just, I think they're going to, I think in your case, like being a New England Patriots fan, if they're not taking him at three, they better be trading down. Like, even if it means losing out of Marvin Harrison jr. Cause yeah. he dropped down a little bit further. Like you got to take that big ass package because somebody's going to want him. And then they need they need to have a plan at QB though. Like it's like I don't yeah. know they're getting they're getting Penix early in the third because they think he's a safe short term starter. Or yeah. I don't know who's at the free agent right now, but like you can go trade for they, Sam Howell. 
Or they pay Kirk. They pay Kirk and they grab. Yeah, Kirk is mine. Get out of here. That would be wild. (laughs) (laughs) But then with my boy Gardner Minshew, who I think is a phenomenal journeyman quarterback. But the future that I always said from the beginning of his career, that guy was the next Ryan Fitzpatrick, and it's. I think it's going to end up being that way. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. (laughs) I definitely agree with that. Um, anyway, so that's Jaden Daniels for us. He's got the legs. Uh, this is a dynasty or fantasy show. So if anyone had him at like QB one because of the legs alone, I probably wouldn't argue with that. Um, definitely like over Drake May, for example. But uh, yeah. Anyway, all right, guys, let's get into it. It's the NFL Combine. It is a little bit of a new schedule this year. You can easily Google search it right online. There. Uh, in the past. It used to be a four-day event. They've now expanded to about three days. The last day is very skippable, and I expect probably 80% of the people to skip it. The last day is just a bench press, and that's it. Probably some like under-the-radar team interviews that aren't on the schedule, but for the most part, I expect Sunday to be a nothing. Oh, speaking of Sunday, well, Saturday. The running backs, quarterbacks, and wide receivers all do their athletic testing on Saturday, so that's probably really the day that we all care about the most. So everything else is like, orientation meetings interviews yeah, medical even, me- even measurements are on saturday this year so i mean it's it's yeah. everything on saturday you don't even really have to watch the rest of the week <laughs> unless no, you just yeah. want to see some interviews or something everything <laughs> our listeners are going to care about will be saturday yeah so let's get into it uh we talked about doing some betting thing last year me and Corey talked about some uh something over unders and just kind of like fell on which side of the line it is but we want to ask a few questions here first uh the opening question here is Corey. Who stands the most to gain from a strong performance at the NFL Combine? I think you nailed it with your first one here, and I kind of just agree with that with that general statement. And I, I'll expand it by saying, like any, I'll left, I'll let you say the player or whatever. But I'm going to say any running back that can separate themselves a little bit in this class, because like I was even talking to you before the show that I'm like grading these guys right now and they're all like super close to each other. And I think like NFL teams are viewing that the same way. You're seeing so many rankings, like similar, you're seeing top 50 boards, like very similar, different guy at first, different guy at second, different guy at third. Like it's all over the place right now. This is the kind of environment where somebody could separate themselves a little bit, whether it's with a fast 40 time, whether it's a big vert, whether it's a big something, whether you do really well in drills, just something, some way that you can separate themselves here. Um, so I think any, I think the running back class in general has a chance to to really climb through this event. Yeah. So the name that he was alluding to was Braylon Allen, um, yeah. who like I have the most utmost confidence that he does well. He is a workout warrior. Dude's always in the gym, posting him at the gym. So if there's a player that's going to take this the most seriously and be the most prepared, I think it's probably Braylon Allen. I probably put in the work. Not saying he's got the best combine. I'm just saying I'm pretty sure he probably put in maybe the most work of anybody. Uh, so. There is no like clear top of the con- of like the RB class, the weak group, and I think Braylon and Trey Benson, who I didn't like put in this segment though for most of the game. But if these guys have good combines, I think that locks them in the day two, and like at least that conversation's done. So yeah, um, and the new like the new fad of everybody just like hating on Braylon Allen. Like I just don't know if it's like prospect fatigue or whatever. People just like picking apart his game. Like I understand he's a certain type of running back. Okay, you're not gonna like even last year. People want to look so bad at last year, and it's like, but he was running out of the shotgun. That's not that's not Braylon Allen's game. Like and, and he's dealing with injuries and stuff like that too. But it's like. I think if a team spends like a high enough pick on him, any tests really well here, like they're going to have the right idea for him, like coming into the league, they're going to use him properly. Like, have you ever seen Braylon Allen get super low on a guy? Like, dude, I'm super impressed sometimes with this. It's inconsistent. I will say that, but like this whole fad of this, like this is the kind of situation that could bring everybody back to Braylon Allen the way we were kind of thinking he, he was before. I'll admit he didn't hit the highs that we kind of expected he would. I would say coming going into his third season here, finishing off his career in, in college, but I still think he's a great prospect. Like to think he's not even like a day two prospect is kind of wild to me. Yeah, I almost really don't care about his final year. It was a whole new system switch. It was an air raid system. Like it was a lot of different moving pieces that changed. It wasn't the usual Wisconsin offense. So I, yeah. I almost care less about that. There's usually like an adjustment period, but they kept changing stuff over there. Uh, another guy I had on my list was uh, Devontae Walker from UNC. Had a very poor senior bowl performance. And if anyone wanted to come away saying Devontae Walker is not a day two pick from the senior bowl performance, I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue against it. So I think he went from being like a real like solid like wide receiver two contributor for an NFL team to like my analysis is now going to like he has to sell him as an elite field stretcher. And so he has to sell them on that. He has like real speed that we all believe he has. We all think he has it. 
Um, but I, I think that's his pathway to like getting back into day two draft capital uh, because he 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 really had, he had a terrible week. He had a terrible week. So, <laughs> so he he lost a lot, and I'm saying he can gain some of it back from a strong performance. Yeah, like I saw like Daniel Jeremiah just dropped out of his top 50 recently. So that senior role had a big effect. And like, I don't know if that's the right way to go. Like, I don't know if he just got in his head or whatever. Like, I, I still think there's there's a bigger profile to maybe look at previously to that. Maybe he's a gamer. Maybe he's just not good in like short situations or whatever's going on with him. But regardless, this is the kind of situation he could he could boost himself. And this is a guy who ran 23 miles per hour against Georgia like two years ago at Kent State. So, I mean, like if he hits like, you know, a, a under 4-4 number or like even a really low 4-4 for one number or something like that, jumps pretty high or whatever, like he could definitely do a lot for himself here. So you pick the two best ones for sure um mm. in my opinion you wrote the sheet first so you got lucky either well I, I like your next guy <laughs> comment on your next guy I'm a big yeah comment. no i mean i i i would kind of group this together by saying a lot of just underrated guys in, in a sense like underrated wide receivers you know like i think brandon rice from usc might test really well might start climbing in people's rankings because he's gonna test well um but the one guy that i i singled out here is is Jalen mcmillan um, from Washington, who I think is a really underrated wide receiver, a guy who just didn't have the, the follow-up season that we wanted from that junior season because he got injured all year. And, like, Jalen Polk ended up becoming, like, the guy. And, like, we, would, we might not even be talking about Jalen Polk if Jalen Polk played a full season. And, you know, he tested pretty well as a recruit as well. Like, I think he was, like, a 4.5 guy as a recruit. And we've seen those numbers get a lot better as their collegiate career was on. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's a 4.4 guy. Um, jumps pretty pretty well. I think he's going to measure in well as well. Like, he was, he's, like, a 6'1", 180, 190 type guy. So he's got the size to play inside, outside. I've always, like, related him kind of, like, to Chris Godwin. So that's, that's somebody that I think could do a lot for himself here. And even a guy like Jermaine Burton from, from Alabama, who I think is a very athletic uh, wide receiver who maybe doesn't always put it together on the field, but you know, but the way that he could possibly test her, you know, as a recruit 4.4340, he jumped like almost 40 inches. Like if he puts on a show here, he could really at least put himself on radars. Whereas I don't think no, I don't feel like nobody's talking about him right now, but he could kind of put himself on radars at radars as maybe like an early day three pick with, with some solid testing here. All right, so Corey put down like any RB. I actually wanted when I saw him put down Jalen Miller names, I wanted to put like any receiver that would like hurt for most of the season. Yeah, you know he's got to make up for that kind of like lost time and prove the teams that like he's healthy and back. And like you know he looked back to me like especially the last like three weeks, I thought he looked healthy. The first three weeks I thought he looked healthy. Everything in between was just not healthy. So I yeah, like that I one. I did throw one last guy here on my list and maybe I, maybe it's not warranted because he already did see a rise from senior bowl. But again, this is a guy who had like no production really to his name over at Penn state. And oddly here talking about a tight end in Theo Johnson over at P at, at Penn state, um, guy who tested really well as a recruit as well, 4.640, 35 inch for 80 inch wingspan as a recruit, you know, spent four years in that very well respected strength conditioning program over at Penn State as well. And I mean, you saw it too, made an impression at the senior bowl. He's starting to creep into top 50 boards, top 75 boards. Like, I, I really think he could possibly be that that out of nowhere tight end without that that production profile. I can I can make some noise for himself with some good testing and, you know, doing really well through this all star circuit. Like he, he's going to be that tight end that no one is really expecting at the beginning of the year. All right, that wraps up our strong performances. The exact opposite now. Who has the most to lose at the combine? You want to start us off, Corey? Yeah, I guess I'll like I kind of had a hard time picking exactly who I wanted, but I guess like, you know, even just to give a general statement, I think any top rookie who performs and doesn't perform well has a chance to lose the most. You know, like if a Malik Neighbors tested and, and ran a four five and jumped 32 inches or something like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's that that would all be bad news. Or like even a guy like Braylon Allen, if he doesn't test well and now he's this big lethargic guy, and like does it like that would definitely move the needle down to him to possibly like a day three pick or something like that like that. But I guess the most one that I'm concerned concerned about here is not even like what they're going to do on the field at all or what they're going to do um, at measurement wise or anything it's medicals and that's Michael Penix Jr.'s medicals like I wonder how that's going to come back to teams um, now people are going to finally get a look at those ACL tears that he had two ACL tears in a row multiple season ending injuries that he had shoulder injuries everything like this guy's body is battered and broken and I'm just wondering how those medicals are going to come back for him once teams get a good look at him and if that could possibly be like the Sam Howell-esque fall that we saw once his medicals Apparently that's the rumor anyways that reached teams and he ended up dropping like crazy all the way to the fifth round because of those medicals. I wonder if Michael Penix could be that guy this year, depending on how that kind of looks. It's a good call out there. I put down a specific name of Brian Thomas Jr. 
mm-hmm. these players that have like one dimensional skill sets, you know, Brian Tom Jr. is a, is a excellent field stretcher, but he's also combined with an insane wingspan and like really good body control, like contested catches too, which makes it just a very, very deadly deep threat. He's not like a route runner. He won't operate in the middle. He doesn't really offer anything in the short intermediate areas. Like it's, it's a very specific skill set. Like he's very good at the one thing he does. And so if he comes out to like the 40 and he runs like a four or five and not like a four, four or something like that, cause he's supposed to be like a guy that's going to be on the boundary. He's got speed. I think he has the most to lose too. And he's getting projected as like a first round pick. And I usually disagree with those type of one dimensional skill sets going that early in the draft unless they have a chance to be special. And I think I've come around to Brian Thomas might being special at that type of thing, but one bad combine is going to ruin the whole image of what he can do at the NFL. Yeah. I think there is a little bit because I think me and you both agree that there's raw aspects to his game where it's like, he kind of has to test well to match up those thoughts that we thought that like, he has this potential. He has this upside that he can continue to grow. And for now, at least be that deep threat with that speed and, and at least, focus on doing that while he figures out the other parts of his game. But if he doesn't have that as part of his game, like I agree, that could definitely be a bad thing for him. But I mean, truth be told, I'm, I don't think that he will. I think that he'll test fairly well, but yeah, he definitely, if he doesn't like that's, that's definitely a good call. out. Yeah. I I think so too. I think he'll test well as well. I could have put Xavier worthy here too, for like similar reasons, but yeah. Anyway, Uh, let's get on over to, okay. So this is, this this is going to be counted as bonus points for our betting thing, Corey. This is kind of like last year's a little bit. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. All I'll right. Um, and I think we'll be kind of like, we'll have to come together and be subjective about it. I don't think that we can outright be like attached numbers to this. But the question is, who outright tanks the combine? It just feels like every year there's one dude that shows up. Keishon Boutte last year did not do well. Uh, Kyron Williams did not do well in his. Jaden Watermeyer, the tight end from Texas Oof. A&M running like a five second flat like yeah. anyway <laughs> there's always like one guy that just does not do well at the combine uh for one reason or another people are allowed to have bad days but it, it seems to be always one guy so i wanted to ask Corey, who outright just tanks the combine i was considering another name here that you know diving into the tape a little bit more we'll just throw it out there i don't think he's going to exactly tank okay. it because i think he's a fluid guy but adonai mitchell over at texas Sometimes I think he looks a little bit lethargic with his footwork or maybe just doesn't care as much, doesn't put as much effort into it or whatever. Like sometimes I wonder, you know, if he does agility testing, it's trendy now to not do your agility testing anyway. So if he th- feels like he's not going to do well, he might not. But is he going to come in like, you know, at a high four or five number? Does he have like that deep speed? Like love his fluidity, love his like point, uh, his um his ability at the at the catch point and the way he can contort his body and stuff like that. But sometimes I wonder about like, the, the ceiling of the athletic testing there. So that's somebody at least I'm watching. I don't think he's going to tank. The guy that I think everybody's excited about coming into this draft class, um, talking about another Washington wide receiver here is Jalen Polk. I just don't think that when I watch him, I see a player that's like overly explosive, um, not a guy who gets a ton of separation as well. And I wonder if that's going to kind of show up here at the combine, like whether he runs, you know, closer to a four six, whether he jumps, you know, like a 34 inch vertical, you know, uh, whether those agility tests don't really show up for him. So I, I feel like he's the kind of guy that, you know, great at a catch point. We've seen him do some nice things, strong hands through uh, catching through contact, but I just, I don't think that he's the most athletic wide receiver in this draft class. And I wonder if with a bad combine here, if he'll at least start dropping down some boards, because he's pretty up there for some guys. That's a good one. That's a good one. I also kind of like the little call out on a down. I didn't really consider that one. Mm-hmm. I also went with a wide receiver here and I feel, I'm feeling pretty good. If it's a wide receiver, I feel like it's gotta be this guy. And I'm going with Malik Washington from Virginia. It was Malik mm. Washington week last week uh, for Twitter. Um, there's a there's a like, reported 40 time. I don't know if it's hand time, self-reported, but I, I I dug out the article from like his his high school days. So it's very, very old. But it was a 48840. Now I think he's faster than that, uh, but I don't think he's a burner, and I don't think he's much of a vertical guy either. So I don't know what he's going to test well at at the combine, but if he runs like a four six five, like I can kind of see that. I can see a four six flat, four six like slower than that. So I, I think Malik Washington. I don't. Yeah, dude. I don't. There's nothing about his game that looks like he's a really good athlete. So I, I think Malik Washington for me is the guy that is going to bomb the combine, and everyone's going to be like, "I'm out." His RAS score is two point oh. He sucks. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I was seeing some tweets out there last week that he was Zay Flowers with like ten more pounds or something like that. Or yeah, like, I, mean, I was like, yeah, I don't think he, I don't think he's gonna test anywhere close to Zay Flowers, man. I just don't like if you even watch his game, like the separation compared to like Zay Flowers from like last year isn't isn't there. Like it just it just isn't there. Like he might be a guy who like if they if he does this, I do agility testing that might like do some well in some shorter area stuff. But I just don't think like there's gonna be like a huge vert there. I don't think there's gonna be like huge three cone there or anything like that. So I think people will get a better paint a picture of maybe the way we kind of see Malik Washington after the combine here. He's just a yak guy that's like not that special of a mover. I don't yeah. like tons of screens. And like my boy Malik feels they'd be using out there as a blocker and he's just winning his blocks all the time. So <laughs> he's really the guy that's that's opening the pathways for Malik Washington. Bro, yeah. Like, taking away that, defensive attention, you know. <laughs> it's his turn to shine. Let him shine. <laughs> Get this Chris Tyree stuff out of my face. Oh, yeah. That's what you're going to have to do with now this year. I know. I know. I'll just – I'll wait and see, though. It's okay. I'm not willing to die on that hill. I'm just not willing to die on it. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Corey's tank is Jalen Polk, and my tank is Malik Washington. So, let's get over to the quarterbacks this time. We only listed one this year. Last year, we listed out, like, a lot of them, and none of them did any of the testing. So, we're only putting out one this year, and we're talking about J.J. McCarthy and what his over-under is at the 40, and I initially set it at 4-5, four, 4-5 five. Four, five flat. So, I'm going first here. We're going to all alternate because one's got to go first, one's got to go second. You know, I think, that, I think that's, a, that's a fair Yeah, story. okay, that's okay. agreeable. That's agreeable. Okay. You're the J.J. McFan, so I'm going to let you start off. And I'm going to say that I don't know if I think J.J. McCarthy is the fastest off the ball. I think he's got a good finishing gear, but I'm not sure if, like, the burst is there. So, 4-5, I'm going over here. I was also going to go over. Uh, um, see, we did this a bunch last year, too, where we... I know, we adjust, like, on the fly. How about 4-5-5? Yeah. Five, five? What if I moved it to there? Ooh, I still say over. Ooh. I might. I'm okay. I'll go under on that one then. Okay, then let's do that. Yeah, four five five. I'm gonna go over because I can picture him being like a four five seven, four five. Yeah, eight. I think he's like, in that range. I was yeah. thinking of Desmond Ritter, and he ran a four five two. That's true. That's true. You're in a four five two. So that's oh, okay. Well, well, fun game here. We talked about it a little bit before because we didn't put any other quarterbacks. If there was one guy, we, we might not even consider as a Devi as a Devi prospect. Is there anybody here that you think will run the fastest forty time of these quarterbacks? John Reese Plumley is yeah. the first thing that came to my mind. I think that's the only. I think that's the only right answer. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think. Yeah. I think he'd be the guy. Yeah. What if Travis Hunter never got injured? Do you think he could press Jordan that? Travis? You mean Jordan Travis? Yeah. Sorry. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I picture Jordan Travis kind of like a four-six guy. Yeah. I think. Okay. I think. I think it's kind of overblown with him, man. More, more quick. He's more quick. I think he's. Yeah. Got I just think the right. whole thing with him is overblown. Like people calling him a sleeper and stuff like. I just don't see it. Yeah, man. that's a little wild for me too. Yeah. All right, let's get on to the running backs here. Another blanket statement here. I just this little bonus point thing, just straight right. names. Who is the fastest running back out of this NFL combine? Yeah, well, I went with Mr. Jalen Wright out of Tennessee. I know he's got some reported times out there that are pretty damn fast, like 4.2 and stuff like that. I don't know if he's that level, but I mean it doesn't take long to watch this tape and realize that this guy's got the freaking juice. So I would not be surprised if Jalen Wright's the guy who, who tests the fastest. I thought the answer to this one was head and shoulders pretty obvious. So I'm feeling really confident about this. And I'm going with Jawar Jordan. From uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, I, I got this one unlocked. I'm feeling really okay. good. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Let's I think Jawar runs like a 4-3-5, and that like kind of like I think he runs a sub 4-4. Four, four. I'm really, really confident about that. Yeah. Well, maybe he does. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get over to um I'll start off this one, right? We're alternating. So Blake Corum, uh, we have two here for Blake. So um we're gonna do the 40 time here. We have him at a four four three line over under. And I'm gonna start off by saying over. Okay, well, this is way too low. We gotta low, we gotta raise this. I I'm gonna get I'm gonna give you a point in the company slack. I did not, I put four point five two in the company slack. That's what I put. Is he over or under a four point five? I literally I searched the company slack. I'll I'll put this on Twitter. So you're Look, alive. Blake Corum over under five, seven and a half, and over under five, four point five three was the line I gave. Oh, okay, well, I, in, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for doubting you. <laughs> <laughs> Never doubt me again. So give me your answer now, Blake Corum, four point five two over under. That's actually pretty tough. That's tough. Yeah, that's a good line. That's a really good line. Um, he's definitely over four four five for me, one hundred percent. Give give ah, give me the over. Yeah. <sighs> 
I think I think we're just gonna have to chalk this one up as a same or I think okay. he's a four. I think he's an over four five two as well. So both of us will be write, over on that one. I'm just gonna write that down for both of us. We both think he's under four five five. Yeah. So what are we saying? We're saying four five two in between four five two and four five five. That's what we're saying. I don't. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's four five six. If you want races to four five five, I'll go over. You can go under if you want. To do no, that. we don't have to. I just want. I was just yeah, trying okay. to speculate. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm right. trying to speculate. All right, I'll just keep uh, going over we'll, whatever you raise it to. <laughs> we're gonna go over to his height now, which I've been preaching for a long time. So I kind of wish I'm. I hope I'm right because I talk about it way too often to okay. not be right. Uh, my whole my whole entire life is staked on this. That's for sure. <laughs> Photo Blake, police. Blake Corum's height over under five foot seven and a half. Well, because we'll be the same if I go under. So can I go push to make it different? <laughs> well, I'll move no. the line to five seven. Then I'll move it to five seven. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll take five seven. At a I'm push. gonna go under. I'm gonna go under. You're going under. You gotta stake your reputation on this. You have to go under. <laughs> Yeah, I'll uh, I'll go right for Walter Football if this happens. <laughs> if this doesn't happen, they'd be glad to have you. Or or NFL Draft uh, Buzz, whose website is so nice and appealing looking, and I don't really know about their content, but I I love their website. It's so yeah. nice, great interface, which is user friendly. You know, very, yeah, yeah, very aesthetically pleasing. Um, Trey Benson, I actually had a hard time setting this line. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me know if you, you think this is a little bit too off. But Trey Benson, 4-4-3, the over-under for him. Well, you're up here, so where are you going? <sighs> I wish I wish you went first. Um, I'm going to go over. Yeah, I think that's what I'm doing too. Okay. I think he's like a 4-4-5 flat type of dude. Yeah. I wouldn't even – do you want to go 4-4-5? And I'll – I would say over on there too. Really? Yeah. You want to go under on there? Yeah, I guess I will. Okay, I let's do maybe it. Four, I four, five. I go four, four, five. I'll go over. <sighs> okay, but you're, you're sub, you're sub four, five. Yeah, sub four, five. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jawar Jordan. I talked about him earlier. I thought he was. This is a four, four uh, line. I kind of already said my answer earlier, so I'll just start off on this one too and say that I think he's under a four, four flat. I'm going over. You need four, four, one. I'm gonna be the, I'm gonna be price is writing it here. Four one. Yeah. Oh man. And then we're gonna go over to your guy, Corey. Jalen Wright. Line set at four three eight. I'm going this is I'm gonna back myself up here. I'm going under four three eight. Yeah, I'm going over for sure. I don't All know. Right. I like it. I like it. This is a good. lot of a lot of open hole, a lot of light boxes for him. I don't know if really. I mean, it doesn't take away from his speed though. He's gonna yeah, have he's right, gonna have whatever. no box running a four yard dash. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to throw some hate out there, you know. Uh, yeah. Side note: I just finished grading him, and he's coming out way too high in my running back grading sheet. So I think I'm gonna have to adjust those. It's weird because, like, when I first watched him, I'm like, not bad, and then like I start looking at the lines. I like to look at the line. And I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's like four dudes there. Like, where's where's the rest of the defense covering the wide receivers? Like, yeah. I think my, my I think my my sheet is just uh, enamored with his speed, which I gave him high high scores for, which means I, I should probably adjust it a little bit. Should probably up his speed score. I don't think I put it too high, but I'll check that later. Audric estimate, and mm-hmm. I do think maybe we have to move this line. But the why you think it's five. too low? Too low? Well, what do you think? I think it might uh, be your turn to start. On. Yeah, I'd say over here. I think I think it's over as well. Let's move it to four five five. Um, build up speed type of runner. Yeah, like he, I feel like there is a little bit of a gear there, like when he does get like an opening, but. Yeah, four five five. I'm gonna. I'm still saying over. I think that's a really good line. For mm-hmm. him. Like I almost picture him like four five six, four five five. Like I wouldn't be surprised if those are actually his time. What did Roshan Johnson run last year? Was he like a four six? Four like five eight. Four five eight. I think he's faster than Roshan. I still mm-hmm. think it's a good line though. Let me get the under just to be different, but I like it. I, I don't think it's a four, like a low four or five. It's, I think it's definitely mid. Okay. All right. Next one's going to be Braylon Allen here. And I also had a hard time setting this line. These are all self-made set lines just to remind everybody that's listening. Uh, there's no, at least as of the recording, which is Monday on the 26th, there are no lines out there for us to bet off of. I really did yeah. some research. So uh, Braylon Allen over under four, four, five on the 40. You're up. Give me the give me the under. I'm gonna get. Oh, that's spicy. I like it. I'll take the over then. I gotta take. I'll take the over here. Yeah, I'm big uh, braining this one. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm I'm yeah. big braining it. Um, 
because I think I think he might slim down. I, I do think he's a workout warrior. And I think he just knows like the criteria for the test. And I think he maybe purposely loses some weight to purposely do better on the combine testing. Not like I think he sticks to a lower weight, but I definitely think he's going to cut to do better on this. Yeah. And I honestly don't think it'll be that far off from here. Like if I were to put like a number on it, I'm like four, four, seven, four, four, eight. Like I think he will be under four, five, but I guess I wouldn't be completely surprised if he somehow did end up over four or five. Okay. The last running back here, Kentucky running back Ray Davis. We set the line at four, five, three. That's a good line. That's a good line too. I'm going to take under. I said Audrey estimate was fast in a four five five. So now I'm trying to decide if I think Ray Davis is faster than him or not. I think he is. Yeah, he doesn't have like a like a big top end gear there, but he does, he's got no. some juice. Like he almost if you're comparing the two and you watch him too, like Ray Davis has way better burst. I feel like like off the ball. He so should like beat him on the ten yard split. I don't know. If yeah, he beats him at the end. It's true. Yeah. All right, give me the over. I'll get the over on Ray. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. And you went and you went under. Yeah, I'll go under just for, just for shits and giggles. All right, all right. Why receivers now? Why receivers? The opening question, just like the other ones, was going to be who's the fastest wide receiver in this draft class? Uh, I'm going with Mr. Roman Wilson out of Michigan. I know he's a big-time track athlete. Uh, I, there were some low 4-3 times reported as a recruit. So I think he's definitely at least one of the options I could, could, I could run the fastest here. I'm going with Xavier Worthy. Yeah. I Makes believe sense. I remember articles of him racing against Troy Amiri all the time and how they were like always beating each other. And I think Troy Amiri is like a legit, like, oh, I can't remember his time, but it was something ridiculous for his height, like a, like a mid four, three for a guy, his size. That's why uh, Felix likes him so much. Y- yes. That's about it. <laughs> so I, I think, I think Worthy runs in the mid four threes. Yeah. He's like a, what a hundred, hundred meter 10.5 guy or 10.4 guy or something. So he's definitely got, yeah, he's definitely got it up there too. Yeah. So I think both these answers are probably in my opinion, probably like two of the top answers that you could have at this question. So I think this will be a close one. Can I give you like my, like I'm getting too cute type of answer. Let's see it. Anthony Gould from, from Illinois. I'm not super familiar with this game. So he's going to be a special teamer. I think at best, maybe a seventh rounder, but I really thought like, uh, maybe this dude could be really fast. Yeah. All right. Do you start off on this one then? Rome Odunze, our favorite. Everyone loves talking about him. <laughs> uh, there's like a certain father figure out there that thinks he's like a four three flat type of guy. I did just for any context for the fans for the uh, for the listeners out there. He did last season have self reported four three four and four three seven forty times. Hmm. Pretty wild. So that out there, we set the line. Because it's got to be a rule when they do self-reported, you got to add some seconds on there. Yeah, the line is set at four-four flat. I am going to go over. Yeah, I think it's I think it's over as well. Yeah, so we're just haters. Kratos is right. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's low four fours. I do want to say that. So okay, what if we move it to four-four three? That's tough. Um, I'll take the under on four-four three. I'll go over. I'll go over. I think it's like a four four five, four 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 type of deal. I could see that, yeah. That just does something different though. Okay. Troy Franklin. We did we just went right to wait. I don't care about 40 times. <laughs> He'll run fast. He'll run good enough that it won't matter. But yeah, yeah so we, it's the weight that's the important part. Yeah, we want to know how much he weighs since Oregon doesn't want to report it at all. And I go on like PFF and it says he's 187 pounds, but Oregon's website doesn't state anything. So I don't know what PFF is going off of. I'm sure they get reporting somewhere else, though. But anyway, we set the over-under at 185 pounds. So does he show up like Jalen Rager and put on the weight because he knows people want to see that? Or does he stick to his game, doesn't put on the weight? I think he's going to come in. I think if he's smart. <laughs> no, what he's not that bad, I guess. Because I think he's going to come in around 6'2". I, don't, I think the height's a little overblown. So it won't be yeah. as slender, at least from a BMI uh, perspective. But I am feeling like I'm feeling like he's gonna come in over. I'm hoping he's gonna be, but I'm oh, really? I'm, I'm scared about it, man, because he looks so damn slender. <laughs> he looks so. I mean, this is my hope, I guess. I'm just gonna hope he comes in over. So I'll ride with that. Okay, I I think he's under. I think he's like substantially under. I think I think he's lucky if we see him at 180. 
Do you, you said it too high then? You should have said it like 180. No, 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 don't say that after the fact. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm going over. I think because the last last reported weight I saw was 187. So yeah. Was, uh, yeah. I remember last year too, we did this with uh, Bryce Young, I think. Yeah. I think we said it at like 195. And I was like, no way he gets there. I think he like weighed in at 199. And I yeah. Like, he was this dude ate burgers and drank a gallon of water for weigh <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Xavier Worthy here. We also did the weight and the actual 40 time for Xavier Worthy. So he's reported at 172 pounds. I set the line at 170. Man, this one's hard. This one is hard because he's also a pretty slender guy. And I don't, I also don't think he'll come in at that full 6'1. No, I think he's six foot flat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, weight, I will go. Uh, weight, I'm going to go over. And play my odds and hope that he comes in like 172 or something. Really? Mm-hmm. 171, 172. I'm just yeah, being I, about everybody, I think. <laughs> no, I, I think he's over as well. I think he puts on like, I don't know how many pounds. I think, what if we move it to 175? Yeah, that's tough. I might take, I'm going to take under at 175. I think I would too. So we'll just, yeah. we'll just call that. We'll wash it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll call that. Okay. Let's go to his 40 time then. I said I think he's a mid four three guy, and I set the line at four three five. It sounds like you're gonna be over. Four three five is a hard number to hit. It's man. tough. Yeah, maybe yeah. I should move to four three seven. I'm moving to four three seven. Move at the goalposts here. <laughs> <laughs> Before you set your answer. Uh I went first last time. You're up. I'm gonna say he's under four three seven, but I do think four three seven is a very good line. Like, I think that's very accurate to how fast he is. All right, I'll take the over. I'll take the over. Oh, do you think he runs a four four flat? Maybe I think he'll trickle with it. I think he'll be right around there, and maybe be a little bit under under it. Okay, uh, Devontae Walker. I'm gonna move this goalpost where you talk about it. Four three seven. I'm going over. Will you? I'm taking over under? Oh, dude, I don't know. That one's tough, dude. I think so too. I think I'm also taking the over. Yeah, I think he's probably somewhere more around like, like low four fours, which I still think is, move, is good. If I move it to four four three, where are you at? Mm. I'll take the under. Okay, I would go under then too. So, let's okay. just, so we'll call that one a wash as well. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Roman Wilson over under four four. You under, yeah, you under think for me. yeah, yeah, okay. I think, oh, damn, that's a. Uh, I'll take the over. I'll take the over because I'm tired of us agreeing. But I think right. four four okay. is a really good line to be said. Yeah, that makes sense. Xavier Leggett, who I want to say I saw today, someone on Twitter say that Leggett runs a four two nine flat, and that is absolutely insane to me. Um, and it's a very prominent account that's widely followed. But Xavier Leggett, I set the line at four four five. Is it my turn? I gotta go. I gotta choose. I you. think so. Yeah, I think it's your turn. Yeah. Uh I think he does have some juice there, but man, this is, a, this is a good line. Okay. I think he's over. I think he's definitively over. You want to move it to like De- four, four, seven, definitively four, four, over. Yeah. How how over? You willing to you willing to stake it on four five? Oh, that's a good line. I'll take the under at four five. I'll do that. I'll okay. take you on that. I'll take right. you on that. Even I'll though I think you. you take it at four four seven four four eight, but I th- I'll take you on that. Yeah. All right. Jalen Polk, you're bust. I set the line at four five five. Yeah. I will. I'll, I'm gonna. I'll put my foot down on my original uh, original take here and go with it. I'm gonna say over. He's six foot two, two hundred. I mean, that's like. It's like Justin Jefferson, man. He ran like a four four something. He can't be that slow, right? Like he can't be a four six slow. You just said he's your bust, though. But yeah, I'm going over on him. Would you go over at four six? No, I think four five five is a very fair line for him. Four four five seven. Yeah, I'll take the over still. All right, I'll take the under then. Give you that one since you kind of gave me the last one, maybe. All right, all right, that's fair. We got two <laughs> more wide receivers here. Um, Lad McConkey over under four four three, which you put down. So I'm excited. To see, do I have to go first? I yeah, go you got to go first. Yeah, go for over, it. Over, over this. Yeah, I think I'm going over too. 
I just I I saw it out there on Twitter a little bit that people were kind of thinking that he's like pretty pretty damn fast and I don't know maybe he might come in somewhere around this time but I just don't know if it's gonna be I I, I do I don't like I don't I think four four five how about that do you think he's under four four five or over I still think he might be over I think he's over that as well I think he's under four five five though he's in that range four yeah, five so you're, you're an over four five. No, no, sorry. Four oh, five. Okay. I, think, okay. I, think, right. I think he's like just as fast as Tank Dell. I think we see a four four nine, four four eight out of him. Yeah. Okay, we'll watch that one. Last All one right. here. Malachi, Malachi Corley yeah. at a four four eight forty. I am gonna take I don't think he's a guy that has a lot of deep like long speed at least. I do think he's a guy who's quicker in like shorter areas kind of guy, like more quickness there than long speed. Yeah. This is a good line though, because this is still around that area that you could be that type of player. Like I I'm uh, let's have some fun with it. I'm going to go under. Okay. I'll take the over. I'll All take right. the over. I think you were going to win that one to be honest with you, but I'll have some fun with it. Yeah. You, I mean, you won this one last year. So I feel like I'm due. Odds are in my favor for this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, real quick. We're just doing a few tight ends. We only got really two questions here and it's going to be, who's going to be the fastest tight end. And I thought I got a little cute with my answer. Um, but I put down JT Sanders, who was one of the best athletes coming out of high school. He's only three years older than that, so I don't think that's really changed too much. I think JT Sanders probably is the fastest. Yeah, I, I did cop out here, and I originally put Brock Bowers, which isn't really fair because he is a guy that we know has some verified testing around like four yeah. or five, which is going to be fast for um, a tight end regardless. So I went a little bit cheekier here and went for a little bit deeper. Uh, a guy who I think – I. He could have been a combine riser as well because he didn't get the love through the all-star circuit that I that I would have expected. I thought he actually would have been a senior bowl guy. But Dallin Holker out of Colorado State, you know, I think he's got, you know, like I think he was a former wide receiver, and he's kind of used that way at Colorado State as well. Um, you know, more similar to like like I've compared him to like Greg Dulcich and Dulcich, Dulcich. I don't even know how to say that name. Dulcich. But every, yeah, Dulcich. Yeah, I don't even a bunch of different ways you can say that name. But that's who I've kind of compared him to. And yeah, he hasn't really had the success at the next level that we thought. But he was somebody that a lot of people really loved during draft time, and somebody who rise uh, through his testing and, and and through the stuff he was able to show through like the All Star Circuit. So Dallin Holker is my sneaky answer, but I, I do think Brock Bowers probably tests the best at uh, in the forty. If he runs, okay. actually, if he even runs, that's actually a really good point. He might not even yeah. run. Might as well just delete that one in the end. But anyway, yeah. Uh, the other one we did was just we just did one measurement for tight ends here. Brock Bowers, the high league talked about over under on his height. You Six gotta foot. you gotta do this one because you're you're the size police here. What's your <laughs> yeah, what's your dude. picture say? <laughs> I think this is a very appropriately set line. We set it at six foot two and a half, and mm-hmm. I don't think he's six foot two flat. Like I think he's a little taller than that. I think six foot two point five is like dead on the money. I'll let you push it if you want to push it. I'll take six three. I kind of want to go over as well. Like I think he could. I think like six foot two and a half is like the shortest he's gonna be. Yeah. So. Yeah, all right. That one. Okay. Uh, so if I give you six three, like, are you gonna like? No, nah, it's too tough. No, I'll that's take fine. Under then, yeah, because he'd be like six two, like point eight, point seven. Okay, I'll take six three and over then. Okay, you take anything underneath it. All right, we move the line at six three. Then I take the under. Okay, I like that. I'm gonna ignore the weight you put here because I, I don't know. Like it's, it's kind of whatever. Do you want to yeah, talk about the I don't know if you wanted to or whatever, but like I, th- I think he could. I think if he's smart, he's going to come in over this. Yeah, so we'll just talk about. It. We won't bet on it, but yeah. So he's listed at two forty, I believe, on the Georgia website. Uh, Corey here wrote two thirty five. I think he's probably two thirty to two thirty five in that range. Yeah. So I, I don't know, but he's got to beef up. Probably hits the gym. So I, I think I think two thirty five is probably appropriate, but. Yeah, do you think I he would, plays at I would take the I would take the over here if you want if you wanted to get on it though. No, I think I think I'm no. good. I'm gonna let it. Yeah, I think okay. we're done. We're done with the gambling. Fair I can't enough. Wait to get my home field apparel shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we still got the we still have the draft happen first. We gotta make some draft predictions, and then we'll see who wins. Yeah, I killed that one last year. Yeah, you guys were all wrong about the quarterbacks. I'll tell you that. Anyway, <laughs> I can't wait. All right, in the intro, I talked about that I hated the NFL Combine. And I said I'd talk about it later. And I'm telling you guys, later is now. I'm going to tell you, and Corey's going to have to sit there and hear me rant for way too long and probably roll his eyes. You guys won't be seeing that. I won't see it either because he has a hat on, like always. 
but I'm going to tell you guys why I just don't care for the NFL Combine. There's just, you know, when we watch football players, we watch film, we watch them when they're wearing pads. They have all that extra weight on their helmets. They're not wearing these tracksuits they wear nowadays. And like pads do add weight to a frame too. So we talk about like, let's say uh, Jacob Cowling from Arizona, weighed in like a five foot eight, once 158 pounds, I believe, or 168. Anyway, when you take a little guy and you add weight to his frame, it matters a lot more than we take a bigger player and add weight to his frame. So these little guys, of course, will be running much faster out of pads and in pads when maybe it's not that much of a difference for the bigger guys. So I like that little type of stuff does add up. And we, me and Corey just went through, like we're going through, like taking bets on guys that are 40 times we're talking about difference of like 0.02 and 0.03 like it's this little stuff types adds up the other thing i don't really care about is because like the outfits change right so you can look up pictures of aaron Rodgers, who's still in the nfl like you can see him at the combine he's wearing baggy clothes baggy shorts like nothing special on like that type of aerodynamic stuff really has like been introduced into the combine probably in the last decade maybe a little bit more but that really wasn't a thing until recently number three the combine schedule has just changed, right? They used to cram everything into like a four-day span. Uh, this year, I believe it's six or seven days. So it was a little bit more spread out. But it used to be like go, go, go all the time. The events were back-to-back. And like if anyone's ever done like athletic testing, whether it's sports or the military or whatever, it's exhausting when you give 100% on an event. And then you're expected to keep giving 100% on an event with short intermittent breaks. They now get like eight hours, I believe, for like combine testing. So they have a lot bigger break periods between events. And that's just like a world of difference too as well. The fourth thing I don't really care about the combine is like the best players sit it out. Like we already have news. Marvin Harrison's not going to do it. Why should he? He's like a top five pick. Like I'm not saying he should. And it's fine. Like it just makes sense. But like even like the smaller events, like like everyone runs to 40 for the most part. But like like the three cone, only 14 wide receivers last year out of 50 that were invited actually did the three cone and only 13 of them did the bench press. So there's that as well as like this athletic testing where they're doing it, not in pads, all these players in the off season, all they do is they go to the Exos training facility. They, they, they hit up track coaches. They just plan and like train for these specific events, which is what they should be doing. They should be doing that, but it doesn't really improve their football game. It doesn't really improve their craft. They're just, testing and training their body to do well at these events not to become better football players or anything like that so it's just kind of a waste of time in my opinion to just be oh i'm just gonna you know xavier worthy who we all say has like hands issues so instead of working on his hands he's spending his time working on his 40 time and his three cone and his whatever he wants to do like that's it so i and they're just sitting out events as well so number six the reason why i hate this all is because there's rad score now which was a fantastic concept and i would have loved it years ago when they didn't make all these changes or players stop sitting out events but going through like points two through five of like the outfits have changed the schedules changed players are sitting out events they don't have to go through all the events the the all-season training programs have been more tailored to just doing well these events i do not care about a player's grad score why should i say jsn is a top percentile athlete when he's only doing two of the five events like i just don't care i don't care and and also like it's just ridiculous dude it's ridiculous with all that stuff and and then seven like the weigh-ins like me and Corey also gonna be talking about weigh-ins but like I care far more about a player's playing weight than what they kind of beefed up for the combine. Like Zay Flowers definitely beefed up for the combine. But actually, you know what? The better example is James Cook. James Cook was listed at 190 pounds at George's website. He shows up to the combine. His arms are massive. They're way bigger than they used to be. He weighs in 199 pounds, shows up, does his thing, does – I think I remember him doing well at the combine. I don't remember doing poorly at the combine. But as soon as the NFL season rolls around – his arms are smaller. He's back to 190. He just did it just for the combine, and then he just chilled out the next month. Like it, it's, it's like I want to know what these players playing weight is at, not like what they're like going to this combine at. Now, I do kind of have some caveats on that. I actually do greatly care about like, like Ramondre Stevenson. He was playing at 246 pounds, or reported at 246 pounds. He slimmed down to 227 pounds for the combine, and he looked like a much better athlete moving at that weight. And he also did surprising well in the pros, still doing well at the pros. So I, maybe I do care about like players that are big that slim down to improve themselves and stay at that weight to help their functional mobility. But I really just get kind of frustrated because I want to know these guys that have better functional mobility. And then the exact opposite directions, like Jalen Rager, for example, who got bigger muscles and then just lost 
way too much athleticism on the field and just look, I mean, he's, we all know his career is just terrible. It did not, it did not come to fruition. So like, anyway, that's my thing. I really hate the combine. I wish that there would be more like, like real analytics, real analytics does like game speed. Like they record these players in game and be like, Oh, this player, Blake Corum in 2020 ran 21.9 miles per hour. I care so much more about how fast they run in pads in the game than they do wearing these track suits running against air. And like, I wish there was more tech companies, like get a company out there that, that videotapes players doing vertical jumps for 50, 50 balls and be like, Oh, look, Brian Thomas just left the field like 33 inches in the air to get this ball. That's a part of his game. I care about that. I don't really care about like, I don't know, Malachi Corley. He's a yak threat. I don't really care what his vertical is. I know it kind of translates more to like explosivism and you combine with other metrics, but generally speaking, I really just care about like on field stuff. So I feel like there should be more companies that kind of like invest in those type of technologies. We care about the medicals. Obviously there's stuff that always pops up. Sean Tucker had a heart condition. That was a really big camper on his draft capital. That really sucked. Um, sometimes they find someone that has like cancer. Uh, Sam Howell had a poor shoulder. I think the medicals are a very important part of it. And then the last portion of it is uh, the interviews, which we'll never see. I'll never see this stuff. Sometimes teams will drop clips like the Kyer uh, Elam, the corner from Florida that's with Buffalo. And they're showing how him in his interview, and he brought his playbook. And he's like, here's my playbook. Here's all the notes I take. Like, I really like diving the playbooks and they showed his little interview section for that portion. And like, you know, everyone just like felt like fell for him. Like loved him. I was like, I love the guy, dude. This is, this is a guy that's studious, a, a scholar of the game for sure. Um, so I, and, and again, like players have to get interviewed at like the shrine bowl and the senior bowl. So those guys kind of already got their interview process done. It does allow for follow-up and players that weren't invited to either one of these events. It allows them to get that interview process going as well. So, I hate the combine. I think it's a little bit useless outside of medicals, interviews, and actually, I do think the skill drills are important. You get to see how players move, a little bit of the micro things about the players. That's kind of how the senior bowl is all about, but the skill position stuff kind of matters too a little bit, um, the skill drills. That's it. I don't care about RAS score. I don't care about really any events anymore. They're not wearing pads. Their historical data is a little bit skewed because, you know, they're running baggy closing back in the day. I hate the combine. I hate the combine, Corey. All right, guys, look, that's probably it for our little NFL combine primer here. We get a little bit closer. These guys are still technically Debbie assets, but they're heading away to graduation, man. They grow up so fast. These guys will be on our rosters soon enough. But from Corey and from Mike, good night and good luck.